It's the Daily Talk Show episode 319. What's going on, Stacey June? Hey, guys. I hate odd numbers. That's not a good start. Oh, no. <laughs> She's one of those people. Josh? Actually, you you two are those people. I don't have much chakra vibes. What are, what are what chakras? Are chakra vibes? That's so straight <laughs> in. Like, I don't have chakra vibes from an odd number call. Okay. Yeah. What are sh- I like it. What is chakra vibes? Chakras, there's seven of them. Mm. And um, who has, has it? it? Someone has a tattoo. Uh, Michael Jackson's daughter, Paris Jackson has them down her spine. I imagine Jez Khan I is going to get one of those soon. Yeah, I could imagine yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I need them all in alignment. Yeah, yeah, I'm concentrating on my root chakra at the moment. Mm. What is <laughs> getting a root? <laughs> is that? Well, no, you're not, it's, at the, it's in your perineum, so the area between your bit and your ass. Ah, the gooch. <laughs> no, no, that's what everyone thinks that's that if you're a bloke. It's, you lift that bit up and it's the skin in there that's just not quite the crack. That's the gooch. Is it? <laughs> That's the gooch on a man. Are you talking? Don't we have the same little space though? Well, I mean, mine's occupied by a ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought there was a space there that we all had similar. It's the perineum. I oh, think. Okay. Uh, is that the muscle? Mr. 97, can you Kegel look up exercises? Perineum? Squeeze your bum right Peri- now, Mr. 97. That's and doing some Kegel yeah, that's, exercises. And that's your root chakra. If you can feel the right okay. at the bottom of your spine. Yeah. And I'm working on that. I'm trying to activate that at the moment for men, a myriad of reasons. And how, how, would, how would one go about activating? Um, you kind of try and send energy there. So if you concentrate on it. Mm. And you you start to flex it a little bit. Don't like tighten it. Yeah. Just subtly flex it a bit. You'll start to feel energy there. It's also don't yeah. get too far away because I don't know how <laughs> that works for you guys. It's also one of the treatments for <laughs> premature ejaculation. Is it Kegel exercises? Yeah. So you just start yeah. squeezing, let releasing, squeezing. Sque- the training when squeezing, releasing, squeezing while working. I mean, the thing is, you could be on the train and watch someone. <laughs> And you wouldn't um, know that they're an doing an ambassador a- for Kegels. <laughs> you can do them anywhere. It's <laughs> like a side. I could definitely. I. We need to point out the fact that if you're watching the video, Tommy's yeah. got. Yeah, sorry. I'll take this. Stacy's Sunny's on. A lot, of, a lot of people are quite fascinated by that shape. Yeah, definitely. Um, it looks like a butterfly. So imagine having butterfly wings on each one of your eyes. A lot. Uh, Ben's, my husband's best mate, said it looks like a. Is it a Mustang or some kind of car that goes mm. like up? Lip- you're oh, asking yeah, the yeah. wrong people, but I think yeah, so. Back, yeah, at the back of a Chevy. It looks like a car. Chevy, Something. maybe. Is that a special shape that if people saw it, they're like, "Oh, that's premium. That's that's a Chloe." Glasses oh shit! No, they're just uh, two for twenty at Cotton On. I don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, sh- <laughs> shit! We forgot to say Happy Fat Fridays. Oh yeah, it is Fat <gasps> Fridays. Happy Fat Fridays, and thanks for uh, you. You're in town. I am. When did you fly in? Uh, yesterday. And obviously, first stop is always. <laughs> The Daily Talk Show. Well, it's quite – it was becoming so, Yeah, yes. I did yeah. ask – I said to Stacey, um, I was messaging with you and I said, um, if if it's too much, like we can do it another time, the invite's always open. And your initial response was, ha, ha, ha. I think I know what she was laughing to because I saw that. Why? You, um, she, you said something about it might be hard and then you said our, you said our name of the street, Easy – Oh, no, I thought you were joking. That. No, you're both wrong. I um, <laughs> I was in the middle of something. Kegel and exercises, when, uh, squeeze and, and, and hold. Ha ha. I was writing ha ha, and then went to write another message, but was preoccupied and didn't. The ha ha was very linked to the second message, so uh. the ha ha just came, and then I didn't write the second message for another hour and a half. Because <laughs> so. I said you can come on any time. You said ha ha. <laughs> I was like, oh. 
<laughs> just in case you not want to. And if the Tommy got that, it would be such a different experience yeah. than you getting well, I it. I thought yeah. about he it. He would just be like, fucking random bitch. Yeah. Oh, can You're you swear on unit. here? Yeah. Whereas you'll be like, oh, what does that what, mean? Yeah. <laughs> I did a I did a glasses emoji back, just he, like me looking. Just he, me. Put, he pulled out his chakra chart and said, I don't know what's happening here, yeah. but they're out of alignment. <laughs> Stacey said, ha ha. <laughs> Don't know what's and happening. I'm, I'm trying to channel what she need, means and needs from Someone me punch me in the gooch. I need to know what's going on. <laughs> um, uh, Mr. 97, can you please bring over what we have for Fat Fridays? Now, I know that Josh, I don't know, part of the thread I just saw donuts. and I, thought I just wrote donut okay. very keenly and then calmed down and went, if you want. Like yeah. I just tried to pull it back, play it cool. So I know you've lived out of state out of for Melbourne, Melbourne. Yep. out of state where you grew up, Washington DC. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, out of state for quite some time, and I don't know if you were around for the loon phenomenon. No, so you don't know about this? Do you know about this? I don't, and I mean, there's so many phenomenons to keep up with from Melbourne that you just get a you, you start swimming in a beach and you stop giving a shit. Yeah, well, the <laughs> smell of this phenomenon is relating to food. So it's Ooh, a sugar. I there, can there smell was, it. There was, what, what has been here in Melbourne? Like donuts, of course. Mm. That was huge for a while. Uh, Ice. Donuts oh. was big when we were working together in Shepparton, uh, actually, because yeah. I remember coming – to, like coming to Melbourne on the weekends yeah. and trying to find those spots that had opened and people would have lines there and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, definitely. Faux, um, what else is there? Dumplings. Like all these kind of had their peak. Some last, others don't. Donuts are dying is what I'm saying. Well, no, oh. do- donuts are dead. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> donuts are dead? No, in actually, Melbourne. Actually, you're right because the second Krispy Kreme got into 7-Eleven, you mm. knew that there'd been a movement like, yeah. and it was not a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like what are you doing? Like, I – the branding behind that, like as soon as they hit Seven Eleven, they just lost their worth. Yeah. Like for me, yeah. what is they it? They were no longer premium. They were like yeah. this. What? Mm. I don't know. I lined up years ago for the in Victoria <laughs> when they when they came, and so I, I I've seen the whole demise. I, I remember yeah, yeah. yelling at them because they were limiting it to two dozen donuts per person. <laughs> and I turned around and I screamed to my friend behind me. and said, how many are you getting? He said, one dozen. I said, I'll have his other one. <laughs> uh, and did they give it to yeah, you? Yeah, they did. So yeah. I had three dozen. And then I got home and mum's like, Josh, why have you brought three dozen? <laughs> three you just dozen. had to exercise your right. Yeah. It's like that conversation around an adult ordering a children's meal. You know, it's <laughs> on that it. new Ricky Gervais yeah, movie. Have you? So sorry, sorry his series where he says, I want the child's meal. And then the waitress says, you can't, you're an adult. And he said, well, I'm sitting with the child. What if he orders two children's meals? And she's like, you, that's cheating. And he's like, but my, this child wants two children's <laughs> meals. Yeah. Sure enough, she brings them out and he just shoves the meal <laughs> in his face, right <laughs> in her face. And she's <laughs> like... <laughs> <Who are you? laughs> I, we, do you remember Josh when we were in Brisbane filming that stuff for Devo and yeah. we were staying at this hotel and we went downstairs and I was on a lean diet, no carbs. And so I just wanted sides, <laughs> right? I just wanted like uh. different sides. So I wanted two eggs, I wanted bacon, I wanted an avocado. Yeah, the and five, the five, the five. If dollar, I did yeah. the sum of it, it was like 30 bucks <laughs> if I paid for individual sides. There was a meal that was 15 bucks, which was eggs, bread, and avocado or something. So what I ended up doing was, Food I was like, chat. so hang on. I was like, hang on. What if I take uh, what he's getting, so I just add on all the sides to his menu, mm. to his meal, then I can get it cheaper. What, so the sides were less expensive if you so were all adding to Maybe a I, meal rather than if you were ordering yeah, them on your own? Yes, yes. So right. if you just got the sides from the side section, it's... 
So I had to entertain this it's, stuff for yeah. a long time. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm very the, used yeah. to it. I, we... Mr. 97, why, why I am I... I push back on why Josh talking about food always because he's obsessed, he's addicted and it and it can be a bit annoying at times. But you just this is Fat Friday. You, okay. you this is love Fridays. throwing around people who are addicted to things. Yeah. You say you are addicted all the <laughs> yeah. time. He's addicted Everyone to it for sure. Everyone is addicted to things according he's to He's addicted Jacket. to porn. <laughs> no, he's not. That's a Mr. real 97, epidemic. Then. That's an epidemic. I feel like we can't even joke about that anymore. Yeah. It's such a big deal. Really? I think so. Well, what, what have you experienced? What have you seen? Well, not anything firsthand, but I just find that there's this <laughs> big secret of uh, like it's like how ice was such an issue for such a long yeah. time, and then mm. everyone became aware of it, but it was kind of too late. Yeah. I feel like this could be the, the thing the with thing. porn. Yeah, yeah. I IQP. feel like everyone's got this real secret kind of thing, or maybe even Instagram, mm. <laughs> and then it all of a sudden, bang, it's an issue too mm. late. Like people catch it too late. I've been down a rabbit hole on YouTube of watching I Quit Porn videos. Really? Yeah, they do really well. It's because you've you've uh, quit porn. I qu- IQP. You quit porn. I've quit porn. And so, not that I had a porn problem. Sounds qu- like it. Why would you quit unless you had a fully blown <laughs> sort of? If it was affecting work, I quit porn. <laughs> it can be a stance of saying I'm no longer going to watch porn ever again. It can be that. It doesn't mean that your habit was outrageous. It's like my social media stuff. But it I can is tell you, I can, yeah. It, a, that, sometimes that, it can become a bit of a, the same flex that from the brain yeah that you start to kind of do things dumbfounded you're just doing it it's yeah. like and then all of a sudden yeah sure there's a different result mm. but it's, it's like meditating same idea. no it's not there's diminishing returns in watching porn i will say that there is what does that mean there is a lot of return on quitting it in terms of if you're in a long-term relationship yeah i i think you're on to something like there. I, there's a few things i've thought is like I haven't seen a woman naked other than my wife mm. yeah. for a long time now. You've stopped yeah. grabbing Amy by the neck as well, which is <laughs> so dark. It's fucking dark, Josh. But that's the whole problem with the I porn thing, isn't it? I don't think it's the whole it? problem, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's one one factor. Yeah, one fact. but I, I think, think Tommy's more um, commer- <laughs> you know, kind of open white <laughs> conversation. Like yeah, a bit yeah, more, yeah. You know, it was that yeah, the naked thing, but the. The, the, yeah, the aggression's but definitely a I even, part of it. I even think my – I'm attracted to my wife, always have been. I love her. But I definitely what think – a testimonial. No, but I'm prefacing the fact that I think you lose something and that's the diminishing returns of porn. You mm. were seeing other things, exter- like seeing other – getting satisfaction visually and stimulating you from mm-hmm. an external source. And so it's like if you had a tank – and, you know, you're watching porn, it's sort of losing water in the tank. It's like that <laughs> – this sounds weird because now <laughs> no, I know no, where I'm Mr. With you. I'm with you. Oh. I'm still here. I'm more attracted and have had more physical interaction with my wife since stopping. But it's also really important, I think, to not have sex lose that connection element. Mm. That's, I think, the big thing is that you start to get kind of off from something that isn't connection and especially for chicks – that's such a big part of the pleasure part is that yeah. connection part. So when guys aren't really looking for that in return, mm. then you kind of join together if you're in a straight couple and you're really offside straight up, mm-hmm. you know. So I think, yeah, I agree with you in that. Your, your sex life would completely change if you yeah. press stop I think for a second. Yeah. And that's why I went down that rabbit hole. You're looking I'm like you're not interested. Well, well, no, no, I am interested but I'm just like I'm trying to work out like where the – because I, I tend to like, I like pushing the line on these things and saying how. Because I, I get interested, so I just want to mm. ask more questions. Are you wanking? Questions. Are you still yeah. wanking? Oh, here we go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, every now and That's then. That's an interesting conversation with relationships. I haven't – I'm in a pretty newish one even though we're married. It's mm. still only two years and I still am kind of – is it my right to ask if yeah. he's doing that how often? Is that yeah. a conversation that I'm involved in or mm. is it something that he has a right to do occasionally or however, you know, I, where I is think, the line with that, I with think relationships? if you're not having intimacy and he's wanking a heap, it could be an issue. Yeah, right. There so it's be, when the sex stops is when the conversation mm-hmm, starts, yeah. you think. And I don't think it's a, it, it, the issue might not be with you. The issue might be with a, within a pattern of the man wanking all the time, actually f- stimulating yourself. Because I know I've done it. Then I'm like, oh, I don't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't need to have the intimacy mm-hmm. now because I've had that. And then I think as a young, I don't know, you're the only single bloke in the room, Mr. 97, you can form a pattern of <laughs> masturbation as a young man. It was and worse. as a young woman, I, yeah, yeah, I can totally. only speak for young, yeah. for myself th- as a young man. But I think that, and I, you know, there's such an interesting conversation around masturbation and chicks because there's all this research that's come out that it is such a helper towards anxiety. Mm. So then think about so that. So it is girl. meditation. I tell you. Well, yeah, true. Actually, yeah, we've come yeah. full circle. It, it is. Yeah. Come full circle will be the yes. title of the show. No. Uh, I'm trying to get away from Mr. I know. Okay. Uh, well, Mr. <laughs> 97, do they teach in school? Do they teach you? In sex ed, do they mention at all about porn? Are you still at school? No, he's no, finished. No. Oh. He just finished. <laughs> he's the closest person to school. Is this appropriate? Yeah, he got, he got 90, a 97 ATAR. We're not like talking about endoscores. I refuse. I've got Anyone no in interest. <laughs> we know she got high then. We know she got really high. Oh, no. I just, I've got no interest in an enterscore conversation. Yeah. It is the most oh, just awful conversation. I'm happy for you, but I'm not interested. Yeah. But <laughs> but education on porn, did they mention it at all in sex ed or no? Nah, not really. It was more just around like safe sex and contraception and that sort mm-hmm. of thing, preventing mm. STIs, what STIs exist, that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And did you there's a lot of STIs at it. Was it or was they did they open up that conversation or was it really quite broad? No, nah, I mean there are they went. They went specific on a few, but I mean, yeah, I, there are plenty of them that they didn't. I guess, I guess discuss. He's mm. sitting up, sitting back from the mic, saying to get uncomfy. <laughs> yeah, yeah this is why we get him on the mic every yeah, single time. Out. It's so good. Every so day. bringing it back to Loon, this yeah. is actually an integrated piece. So <laughs> this is perfect. Loon, it's not donuts. Just first of all, yeah, because donuts are dead, as Josh said. Donuts are dead. As in the. Can like, I guess what it is? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Or am I going to take away no, the no, surprise no, go, element? Go. Is it a cronut? No. Well, cronuts they serve them there. Okay. They serve them there. Cronuts are very old school as oh, well. Are they, are yeah. they before? Okay. I, I chose not to actually buy the cronuts that were on offer. I'm not into cronuts. Oh, good. Then glad I didn't get them. Yeah, I hope you're into this. Open the box, please. Okay. Here we go. Oh, it's, the packaging's quite oh, it's, impressive. It's unbelievable. It's minimal, but not. They're top end. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> What's happening? What do we actually spend? We've got marshmallows. <laughs> we can have on a guessing game after this as well. Croissants. Can I that, can't get my wireless um, keyboard. Can I bag? And we're one? spending fifty dollars on loon. What who, wireless keyboard? Um, Ergonomics. <laughs> no, that's not going to help you. So tell that's, for what people listening. going to help you back. It, it will just mean I sort of spread. Spread no, like I that. For it's, it's for a lie. That's <laughs> <laughs> just a downright lie. I just wanted wireless You're keyboard. just a tech head and you just want equipment. Yeah, I do. <laughs> can you, um, for people at home, explain what you see? Okay, here? I've got – can I bags one before I get into that? Yeah, definitely. That? Which one do you um, want? That almond thing. Yeah. Oh, almond so that's croissant. an almond croissant. Yes. And then I've got uh, – I've got – I've got 
fuck. I'm already starting. There's, I don't know what that is, but, but it's got marshmallow and honeycomb yeah. on the top with it, chocolate icing drizzled along. It looks like some very extravagant pastry, but not quite a croissant. Wagon wheel croissant. Oh. Shut up. I got two because I knew Joshy Boy would love one. And I need my own. Yeah, yeah, you can have your own. Mate. I'm the, not uh, interested so the other in one the wagon wheel. It's the wagon wheel. What was that? Is that an app? It's the wagon wheel app. Oh, okay. Wagon <laughs> wheel. It's the wagon wheel. Yeah, no, that no, weird no. voice, yeah. So we've got a normal croissant, a ham and cheese croissant, mm, and then so a, um, a chocolate-filled croissant. Awesome, because I feel name. like this is a great match because we all want different uh, things. I just want to show the camera because these okay. are – so these I, – I, I was at the South Melbourne Market and there's a line every Sunday or every time I go mm-hmm. at this dingy-looking little stall that. that's set up and they've got a patisserie there. Ooh, yep. And I went and bought an almond croissant and it was nine bucks. I was like, fuck it. They got is that me. expensive? The line is why yes. I came because I'm like, it must be popular. And then I went and bought it and I was like, fucking nine bucks. I just spent 50 something bucks on these. Wow. These uh, wagon wheels, very special. $13 each. Whoa. But the box this is, is, the is worth 15 Yeah, the that's box, right, that's, that's what right. I'm thinking. Like yeah. they're not making that much. You could put your, some, your letters in there or something, yeah. <laughs> something cute. Like you could put, I don't know. But the um, – the cords. Letters. The, cords. The woman who started Loon uh, – I, I know her brother and he, I remember he was working at a friend's cafe yeah, through, through Jacko and the guys that own Tall Timber and mm-hmm. Touchwood, some of the great cafes in Melbourne. He was working there and then his brother, his sister came back from learning um, from the best. Can over I start in eating? Par- of course you can, mate. You. You, you go first, Ace. Over in Paris. And, um, wow. Uh, and, yeah, and anyway, she started this thing and oh. they were in Elwood first and then they've moved into this ginormous place in Fitzroy. And they're just like the premium end of the croissant range. I I appreciate that. But there are some things in life that you will always complain about spending more than the amount you used to spend. So it's like a pot of of beer. (laughs) No, cigarettes kill you. But a pot of beer, you know, when you go somewhere, like my uncle came and saw me in Sydney and we went to the opera bar, which is, you know, it's expensive, it's touristy, but it yeah. is pretty impressive because yeah, yeah. it's right I on think the we've water. We've done a live show from there. That's where we, we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gr- what, have um, you? Unofficial. We didn't ask for permission. It was a live show. This. It was just yeah, the two of us and a guy, and we were having. <laughs> I a didn't beer. even know about yeah. it. I'm going to come down. <laughs> um, and I don't know. It was you know some exorbitant price for a pot of beer, and that was the focus of the night. You yeah. know, he couldn't get his head around. You're joking. Mm. He's from Wangaratta in Victoria. You know, so he's probably had a very standard beer price at the local pub for a long time. I believe that croissants are a bit the same. So you're going to be pissed if you're not paying 4 yeah. for mm. a croissant regardless of how decadent it is. Yeah, I mean if there's a – But I'm fi- eating it and I'm very yeah, grateful. Go, go. A financial crisis hits, what's happening? The are, these business, are, are these businesses done? They have to. Well, the lease on that thing, like a big like – oh. Coffee, the addiction. I guess it is classed as food. Like it's a sugary food. So the sugar is the addiction for people. And there, so there's the addiction talk again. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it definitely it sort of it has that element. <laughs> I'll only who have I who else have I said is addicted? Who else? What in know. you're asking just me in or life, Josh? in life. Just, where's my where's my addiction? Like you're addicted to coconut water. You're addicted <laughs> yeah. to you're addicted to that fo- football game. You're addicted yeah. to playing that. Yeah. You are addicted to your phone, Stacey. Like no, I just, they, these are all truths. Yeah. <laughs> It's you definitely like to, you like you like um, diagnosing everyone. It's <laughs> true. What if I do a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all form a story as you're going past? Oh wow, you know. Oh, no, I love it too. 
<laughs> well, I, would, I was talking to Scooter Derek, who um, is just oh down my, the road. What a name! Yeah, he he was in the scooter business. He's been in a m- bunch of businesses, but he turned his scooter. Justin Bieber sh- in there? Or? Oh, thank you. Uh, good, good. Yeah, I, there was a bit of a. We'll give one to Stace as well. Thank you. Oh my God, that is ridiculous. Mason's that wagon just, wheel. Mr. Nice Evans just passing around plates, but. Um, no, Derek was talking because I always mention that I think I'm a little bit autistic, mm-hmm. and he was pointing out that hashtag self aware. Yeah, but a lot of people like like he's sort of like it's more like a spectrum, right? Like mm. I probably get a little bit of it. Other people have more. Mm. I reckon I'm on the spectrum of having addictive personality, mm. and however that plays out is up to me. Mm. What is, what's your latest addiction? What what have you identified outside your phone? Because you've been you've been an addict for years for that Instagram, thing. yeah. Instagram. Oh my God. That was, that was Did you hear that? Wow, that um, <laughs> jam in there looks so good. Yeah, so you up. need to have a bite. I need you to wow. just say what the what your croissant tastes like. Um, Amy, Amy pointed out something great for li- people listening. One Fat Friday, we didn't mention anything about the taste of Mister Ninety Seven's cooking. We just talked about it. There was a reason for that. (laughs) 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 But to protect your staff, nine dollars eighty or whatever it is, I can get the receipt. From a taste perspective, uh, uh, fuck off, Josh. (laughs) Stop eating on microphone. (laughs) Am I? I didn't even know that. That was me talking to you, Christ. What were you saying? Can't you hear it? (laughs) 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 The headphone drilling. No, the dopamine's releasing it with each. God. He's rushing. Okay, it's um, everyone's going to freak, but it's quite moist inside. Yeah. <laughs> and it's layered well. You know yeah. when sometimes you get into a croissant, and I'm going to keep going, yeah. you get into a croissant and you have those holes. Like it's like pastry of mist, the layers in there, yeah. and you feel like your tongue could air go po- in yeah, there. Air this doesn't have that. It's completely even with all of the layers. It's thick as, and it looks like it has a mohawk of almonds. <laughs> <laughs> Love that if we took just that bit where you explained it, had no vision, and we put it to something else, it would Can sound like... I'm a radio sc- broadcaster. That's what I do. And I learn without any vision on anything. Do you know what we'll do? We'll get exactly the transcript of how you described it and we'll get Mr. 97 to leave a Facebook review describing the croissant you can as exactly s- and say that. bye Stacey June and see if they know who I am. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Do you reckon so, that? Or maybe say bye Thinker Girl, that might work better for you. <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, but the uh, croissants, are they French? Yes. Croissant? Croissant. No, Do you think that they would be, would they be upset with this, <coughs> no. you think? Yes, this French, they don't want anything mm. meddled with. Nah, so I, I will say, like this wagon wheel one. So yeah, Dom probably. is going to speak on behalf of the French. <laughs> well, <laughs> who was, who was the last? I know oh, you were the last there. It's the most, yeah, it's not the most grandiose thing he's ever done. To but I, I was in Paris. You got right speaking. in there, didn't you, Dom? <laughs> <laughs> Can you just oh, smile really? at the camera? Just smile at the camera. <laughs> What's all oh, sorry, 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 okay. sorry. So uh, when I was in Paris, Amy and I, we searched best croissant. It was, I mean, this could be go two ways, be a piece of shit. Anyway, we found this place. <laughs> we went there, opened up. The almond croissant was not like a mohawky. Like this is a bit stylized, <laughs> mm. isn't but it? But it is this, a similar flavor and sort of like it's a bit softer over there. But the like the we're nailing the real like the. Plain croissants here and the mm. almond ones, I think. Mm. But the others are bastardized. I agree. But it's similar to like Messina. So Brie and I would always go to Messina and mm. then we started going to – have you heard of Piccolina? Piccol- like no. It's, it's on Smith Street and it's more traditional gelati. And you see the difference. Messina, they just put – you really what you're buying is like a 
grocery list of Tim Tam. Yeah, and I don't need turmeric in my ice cream. Yeah, they're you know, putting like, too much stuff I in don't it. Need, I don't need nutmeg. <laughs> I don't... Like, I don't need cracked pepper, well, crack the, pepper on watermelon. Like, fuck off. They're like, all the healthy ones. Yeah, um, <laughs> I put them in the healthy basket. Like green tea, like matcha, green that's tea. Not, no, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. That's not healthy. <laughs> matcha. On the, on, the spectru- <laughs> on the spectrum of Messina, I'd prefer to go. They do one that's um, – and then we can move on from food, Tommy, before you have a meltdown. Um, it's Fat Fridays. Who was the guy who – Ain't nothing but a hound dog. Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. <laughs> He, um, they had an Elvis Presley ice cream and it had chunks of brioche, jelly, mm. peanut butter. Mm. Delicious. Do you know but how he died? I think he did. He Heart attack. On, on the toilet, wasn't it? Eating a peanut butter and jelly but sandwich. Can you confirm that, Mr. 97? Because that's what I've heard that he was. He was addicted to food. <laughs> I heard that he was, you know, went out eating a peanut butter sandwich, having a wank. And I think having as a wank. Well, well, that no one's ever going to know that. Yeah, no. No one is ever no, going I mean, to be able to I mean, the, the, that. what about the person that walks in and sees what the king the, of rock? I mean, I don't know how you guys end up at the end of wanking, but I'm sure it's not anything that mm. obvious. Mm. Unless you're the king. The king. You're, the king has I a certain... Know. I don't know. We'll get clarification from well, Mr. 97 in a moment. To a point, because I, don't, yeah. I still... Argue the fact that anyone can really clarify. Well, that. I just don't want yeah. Elvis's estate to come after us. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> no, uh, this is the second time you've been on our show, is it? Is mm. it? Yeah. Second the f- time. The yeah. first time. Well, the first time was obviously not I was very memorable. A, no, I was over. He thinks that you've been on three times. That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because no, because you came into the studio. That's right. And we had your uh, Josh on FaceTime, mm. and he was away. Remember that? Oh yeah. So we're at the end of this desk, but it was you and I in. But that's the only time we've done the yeah, show. Yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah. Mate, I've done about 100, 250 shows with you. Mm. So that's yeah. a, this is the reset time. You guys had a show together in Shepparton. We actually, Tommy and I spoke to uh, Craig Bruce on Game Changers. He told me. I spoke to him yeah. yesterday. Oh, jeez. Oh, All right, Craig. Far out. I thought no, we were special. No, I wasn't on the show. He's doing the round. Goes from I, us to Stacey. It's okay. I wasn't on his show. I Confirming just chatted facts. to him. Confirming facts. Pull the episode. <laughs> Pull the fucking episode. He's like, That's I will cool. not go on. Star FM, follow Star FM. You can get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, it's fine. I wasn't on his show. So you were um, uh, colleagues before you were friends. Would that be a fair... Well, we, yeah, we it had... It was um, weird though, wasn't it? We had Mucci's mm. and, uh, and then radio is weird because one minute you don't know a person, next minute you're spending so much time mm. with them and it needs to be it needs to have a sense of rapport with the person you need to be friends essentially so it's like a fake friendship that will either blossom into a putrid ugly friendship mm. that you need to act like it's a good one or mm. it will be like a friendship, ups and downs, happy, but you actually genuinely like each other. And yeah. that was where we landed. Yeah, we did. And mm. that doesn't mean, you know, you speak to each other every other day. You know, because yeah. I think radio is funny like that. Everyone thinks Hughes and Kate are going to each other's kids' birthdays and stuff. It's, mm. it's, I don't know if they are or not. But it is unlikely, particularly if you're on air at the time, because you're spending so much mm. time with that person. Yeah. You actually need that space. And our program directors, with all the shows I've done, mm. have always said try and have that space outside of work mm. because – you need to have a life without the other. Well, you had a life outside of what you were doing with Tommy because he was – I remember last episode saying how <laughs> you guys were doing the show and then you were doing – before it was cool, before it was a side hustle, doing uh, the Thinker Girls podcast. Mm-hmm. Seven. How long did you end up doing it for? 
Well, when were we at Shep? Mm. I mean, it was years before Shep mm. even. So um, it would have been probably about seven seven years. Mm. Yeah. And so was that part of the reason for doing it? Like did you see when you first started that, were you on, a, on a, another show and did you see it as an opportunity of like uh, having – I've got my – radio relationship, I got a podcast relationship, like being able to sort of diversify in regards to your energy that you're spending? I wanted to um, offer the program directors a different offering. Mm. And whilst I still think Tommy and I could have done really well on a bigger market, I was very aware that there was guys and girls everywhere. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people think that Christy and I knew each other before we started the podcast. We didn't. So the the friendship grew from a work, I guess, um, collaboration. Mm -hmm. And so we – and I was very strategic on that. I'd done a lot of – I kind of had been in PR and other jobs in the past before I got into radio. So I was quite – I was a bit savvy in terms of the approach to the Mm -hmm. Thinker Girls. And I was aware that two girls – you know, weren't, wasn't mm. around and it was a time – we were probably a little bit before the time, mm. um, but I was aware that that was going to be something different and it was also something I was really passionate to push. So yeah. I felt very um, aligned with that, I guess, I don't want to use the word cause, but yeah. to be able mm. to get some chicks up. I yeah. felt very passionate about that. And did you think <coughs> it was going to end up as a as a podcast? Was that like – was it going to be a new media show forever or was it the stepping stone to – get what you ended up getting. Initially it was 100% a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was and it was interesting because it worked so well on the forum that we started it, but it was 100% a strategy to get the radio show mm. we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we tried and get, got rejected, rejection after rejection mm. after rejection, I stepped away and thought, okay, well, maybe it's tally or online video. So we kind of branched out and started doing sketch stuff um, within kind of a, a year or two from doing the podcast mm. to see if we could – I guess, open up those doors because radio wasn't – It just no one was wanting to actually follow through with the things we were being told. Yeah. I remember you being – you were very strategic. You've always been very thoughtful about where you're going and uh, it didn't include me. Not <laughs> at that point, no. No, but I think that time. is the reality, yeah, right? Like I think – I was quite – I feel like I was quite – I was pretty honest. No, you were like, this is a year at least. Yeah, That's I was it. pretty no, honest. I, well, you I had the year contract. Around. Yeah, and, then, um, and, and I like said to you, remember, I said I want to be out at Easter mm. and I quit at Easter. Yeah, it's solid. So it's pretty well, you just wanted the extended... I wanted to get back to Victoria. So okay, I was doing yeah, Cannes yeah. radio and I was incredibly homesick mm. and I wanted to get back to where I could drive home to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I was excited mm. to do the show with Tommy because mm. we'd had mutual friends and I knew that was going to be... I just thought it was going to be an easy kind of mm. show because we'd had... I don't know, there was just something where I felt like this couldn't work. Yeah, I think what's hard, like I went in so great not knowing about having a co-host or doing anything to do with radio. I hadn't even talked to the radio in that capacity ever. But Josh, like if you think about our relationship and Mm. what we're doing and our vision being clear and us getting aligned on our vision Mm. and knowing what we want to do and mutually putting in effort and, you know, knowing it's where it's going – Imagine having not that. Yeah. And that's not saying it's a bad thing, but when I was with Candy, I knew she wanted to be out of there mm. and it didn't include me. And I wasn't going, oh, it's not including me. It's like a legit thing. You're all vying to create your own path. Mm, and it's career. hard. And so that is a friction point because if you look yeah. at what you and Christy did, you guys, like maybe that's why it works, right? Maybe Hamish and Andy had the thinker girl thing, has the – they pr- did. They've yeah. created the success, but maybe they were like, "This is the thing together," and the vision is clear. Yeah. Not looking, always looking left and right. I don't know. It's tricky now because, you know, thinking now a bit more on my own again for the first time in seven years. Yeah, it's like 
is that going to work out differently if I was mm. to go down that road in the future? And, you know, at the end of the day, we got to a point, but we still didn't get a drive or a brekkie show as mm. two girls. So that worked for them, but it didn't... I mean, if you want to look at what worked, we had so much that worked, mm. but at the same time, the big jobs that I think, in my opinion, we deserved, we didn't quite get to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think in some ways it did work and in others it definitely didn't. So what I've seen an Instagram post that you put up. We just need a preface with uh, you guys and what what you've sort of decided to do as part of the Thinker Girls and the thing you've created mm-hmm. after seven years, mm. consciously uncoupling. Yeah. Coined by <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Or decoupling, uncoupling. 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 It's, was that Gwyneth? Yeah, Gwyneth and Chris. And Chris. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you probably ex- served up that scoopler for me. <laughs> no, I don't think – you remember – no, I, I refused to do scoopler for a while. It was I a goss- it. gossip segment on mm. bloody – And all the girls had to do it across the network and yeah. I said in cans I won't be doing that. Yeah, <laughs> great. But it wasn't great because at the end of the day – you're, I've learnt this and this is a big lesson I learnt. I want to learn too because I didn't do it when I was a digital content producer. <laughs> all the other digital content producers fucking hated me around Australia yeah. because yeah. I refused to do it. Like I was like, I'm on a, a national show. drive show. I'm doing show content. I'm not going to rewrite Perez Hilton's fucking article yeah. and pretend like I care about Lindsay yeah. Lohan. It's <laughs> tricky though because at the same time – you're on a you're at a commercial radio station <laughs> yeah. and there's Getting rules, yeah, yeah. you know. And I go back now and I think I'm glad I did that at that point. But would I have that same? I don't know. I'm going to use the word tenacity and give myself a favourable <laughs> word, but mm. it, that's a stretch. <clears throat> um, maybe not. Maybe I'd just come in with a little bit more understanding that it's a job mm-hmm. and that it's not my business. Yeah. You if know? you do it again, is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, so uh, standing for what you believe in versus following the leader. It's like it's a fine line. I don't think you do what you've done yeah. being that person. I mean, what would have led lead. to? What would have it like would have led to better relationships with the CD in Cannes? So then you get like a bet like what's no, the actual but, outcome? But you look at that? it right. There's sometimes where you get to a place and you'll have all these different peaks and troughs through your career. And there are times, like particularly if I'm thinking about a family or I ha- you, your priorities change, you start to look at passion projects as work and you, mm. you you know different things start to align differently and so you think about well you it's not care factor but it's more of your approach something switched in you and particularly for me that was my be all and end all I you know my on air life was very much my identity mm. and it was finally a time where I felt like I'd really got into something after you know all my 20s because mm. I got in quite late in my 20s um, that I found something that was my passion but, you know, then there's other points where my passion now is my new marriage mm-hmm. and, you know, um, building kind of cool content that might not be necessarily linked to cash. So where else mm. are you going to get – does that job become a work thing now that you go and do, you know, for money? So it's yeah. just you start to kind – you move around depending on where you're at, I think, personally as well. Did you make uh, decisions <clears throat> early on where you were saying as a team, as a Thinker Girls team, we're going to give it – two years, five years, how did you sort of create momentum or uh, an idea in your head on how much time you wanted to give? We didn't really. Mm. I think we were in it for the long haul from the beginning Um, and I think we're both very kind of – Fairly spiritual people, fairly people that will follow energy, and mm. it's and Chakras. luckily enough, yeah, we sit there touching our perineums. <laughs> um, no, we, but we, I don't know. We just kind of see what presents itself as well as have a bit of a plan. Mm-hmm. And I think you know when you have such a chemistry with someone like that, often the universe or often kind of things are 
written for you a little bit and mm-hmm. things just kind of either come up or they go down and you you learn to just follow with what you're presented with. Whilst we did have lots of dreams and goals and those kinds of things, it wasn't, I mean, I don't know if this is to our detriment, but there wasn't this kind of business model structure behind it at the same time, even though we ran a business. A so, joint vision mm-hmm. though, do you yeah, think? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I think, but that changed so much depending on what came up and, and mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. you know, what came up and went down. So, it was tricky to have that one thing because yeah. in this industry you get offered this, this goes away, well, this comes up, it's a, hard. If you're pitching for a TV show, the difference between it happening and not happening is the difference between a whole lifestyle change. Totally. Right? And we pitched for a telly show for two and a half years and we got very close mm. and um, and that was last year and we, you know, we got an email after a lot of work um, ready kind of thinking about budgets and – it fell through and it was just mm. another thing, you know. And so there were, the, you know, the decision has been lots of things coming where you mm. kind of give it everything and then you get presented what the answer is. It's mm. not all in your control. Yeah. Well, I think the vision, uh, the business model, Josh, that you were sort of saying, if the vision is to get the radio show, the business model's in the radio business, right? That, so it's hard, and yeah. So, so, now, so it's but, kind of two connectors mm. to it. And then what you're doing now, that about like you don't know if it actually equates to dollars yet. Mm. But then how many biz, how many things have cre- been created that then turn on a tap of dollars once it's been approached from the we're not we might not make any money from this, mm. which is a sh- huge risk. Again, you've always taken risks. Yeah, I have. I don't know why. <laughs> I think I'm easily bored. It's that shaka thing. <laughs> well, my energy healer dude. After you know, Did you say energy got, healer dude. Yeah, yeah. I inter- he's on my f- he's my first guest on my new show. Actually, uh-huh. his name's Michael Trembath, and he's I have no real idea of what he did when I went in there, and I walk out feeling. Very different. So mm. sounds like the guy in a current affair who pretended to be Shut a psychologist. Up. Don't you dare no, put no, his no, name no, in shame. No, as in the that that idea of not knowing who he is. So what 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 was he actually? What what is he described as? What so did you walk out? You said you felt something. What is it? It's energy, like it's movement of energy. Mm-hmm. So there is there's kind of practices and and ways that you can actually transfer energy that might be blocked from anxiety mm-hmm. or stress and move them through your body. And mm-hmm. he kind of facilitates that with like using pulse and a bit of Chinese medicine and lots of different things to figure out maybe which organ might not be buzzing and tries to focus from that perspective. So there's – and listen to the show because that's what the whole premise of the new show is, is Mm. that it's about trying to explain to the cynic essentially. It wasn't a fucking Mm. plug. Are you guys Mm. just rolling your eyes thinking (laughs) – No, no, no. no, no, I appreciate it. it. I'm hot from being told off. um, (laughs) No, Josh I think is more sceptical when it comes to energy and things like that. I think I've always been into that but the show is about – opening up the mind and speaking to someone mm. like him and saying, what do you hear when you listen to the pulse? How did you learn mm. to do that? What teacher, what's your, what's the degree? What's the, you know, the different mm. parts that make you this person? Because I don't think often they get the opportunity to do that because people like myself believe and people like others don't. Mm-hmm. There's not a conversation in between. Mm. So that's what I hope the show's doing. Not necessarily to spin people, but to allow these types of practice, like, practicing alternative therapists to be able to talk about their craft in a way that everybody can appreciate Mm. even if you don't go to it. It feels like there needs to be a label around it though because we use labels as sort of systems to understand trust. And so if you think about like the Mel Gibson – what's her name? Bell Bell Gibson. Gibson. You know, like (laughs) someone pretending pretending to have had cancer and doing all this sort of stuff. Like because it's – 
if, if we look at it as this is all, all alternate medicine mm-hmm. or this is all in one thing, then unfortunately the good with the bad are all aligned. So how do we create... That's the same as like a bodge boob job and Western medicine. It just means that Western medicine is much more... Um, there's much more money behind it. Mm. So it's kind of backed and there's all this money to tell us that this is the way to go. Yeah. And people like that work in these kinds of fields don't – they're not focused on that perspective. Mm. And so it's like hard to then try and have something that's very West yeah. and the way that that structure is when the essence of exactly what these people are offering is the opposite a for different a good system. reason. Well, there's, yeah. So there's people that won't believe anything unless it's been proven and then – there's still a bunch of stuff that they don't understand that hasn't been proven. Is there a? L- but I think there's not a lot of money, or not as much money, in that the voices in the conversation are kind of very uneven. Mm. If you watch, I think it's Heal on Netflix. It's a documentary, oh, yeah. and it really speaks to a lot of the science behind a lot of the alternative therapies and different modalities, and. It's there. It's mm. just it's the, you kind of wonder going, why are we still thinking that this is woo-woo? Yeah. <laughs> like this, this is the whole thing. There's all these people, people that have been brain surgeons that have gone, shit, there's got to be something in that. that. You know, people that have completely been in both worlds that have gone, okay, there's actually a fact here, but we don't hear about that. Mm. So it's interesting to see why that conversation is still so... I guess drowned out and I guess that's because there's pharmaceutical companies that want you to believe they you need their pill yeah. and they've got <coughs> the most cash. I was I was surprised Amy went to the um, pharmacist the other night. She's been sneezing and feels like she's got a cold and she's like I need some cold and flu tablets. The guys like tell me your symptoms. He wouldn't give them to her. He's like no, I think it's hay fever. Which I thought was commendable for a pharmacist. Like uh, they used to just give them to you. If you okay, you mm-hmm. go. But he's like, no, I want you to try. If you need them, I'll give them to you. Mm-hmm. But go home and take Telfast. Amy doesn't get hay fever. And it helped heaps. Yeah, right. But I was like, that's that's a step forward from the, you know, from the gatekeepers. Is there anything, though, that is the line for you in terms of woo-woo? You know, in terms of what people would class as woo-woo or, you know, No, it's not a lot. Like, I mean, I stick a, a jade egg, which is like a little um, crystal up my vagina. Oh, like, gee. Yeah, like I look at Mister Ninety Seven's face. I'm trying to give you an idea of where I'd go, but maybe there's things that are way what more does extreme than that. Do? Uh, it activates the root chakra. Okay. And so, if you're a person that's gone through, I don't know, maybe like myself, I had a mm. miscarriage. So there's energy pockets that you turn off really subconsciously, mm-hmm. and you need to activate them to get things moving again. Yeah. And how are you supposed to do that? Like there's no neurofin tablet that's going to start to move energy to that area. So you move to things like uh, stones that have healing properties or at least there's maybe something in there that is weighing on that area that you can kind of at least focus your energy on. There's plenty of different reasons as to why it may or may not work. Mm. But for me, it's also having that that kind of physical part mm. or that physical object there for me to focus on trying to awaken something that – Maybe a bit blocked. What does yeah. what does Ben think? You know, I think a partner's um, my husband. Op- yeah, opinions or support is super important. And what is what has he his journey been? He um he's a very different person to what he was, if that makes sense. So yeah. he had a big change in his late thirties, ended up um, with prostate cancer, mm. really young, mm. and kind of changed his life around. He was like, "How have I lived this way and not known? Like, where am I out of touch with myself?" How has this been growing in my body? And I've got no effing idea. Mm. And it was just a freak checkup. 
that made him take his PS. Is it? A, I think it's a PSA test for dudes to figure out your level. It was just like let's do an all body checkup. Um, he did that, and they saw it was a little bit high. Antibiotics, another round of antibiotics didn't go down. Didn't go down. Uh, I might have to give you to you know pass you on to a specialist because you're young, so it's not going to be anything serious. But I I would be irresponsible if I didn't. Goes to the specialist, more antibiotics. Goes all right. We might need to do a biopsy. Cancer. That's crazy. Wow. And so that changes you. And he just started to maybe. I think he he would say he probably started to self inquire a little bit. So his he opened up a very big part of his life and his mind to the way that he has a conversation with his inner mm. dialogue. And he's still working through that. So I guess yeah, he's open to all kinds of different things because I think one way in the way that we're kind of taught, which is go to the GP, do this, mm. go to work, go to sleep, whatever, definitely didn't work for him. And yeah. so, yeah, it's it's um, it's really nice to be partnered with someone that is open-minded, whether he is sticking things up here, there or anywhere, that's a question for him. But yeah. You're not sharing um, jade eggs. He's, no, yeah. no, that's too far. Come on, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's very open-minded and I think just – I think it's kind of an open conversation. You know, nothing mm. is closed. It's like, okay, well, why did you do that? How did that work? It's just all open in our house. It's what's, not, yeah. what's your relationship with religion? I don't know. It's kind of changing because I was pretty anti – for a long time I was very passionate about marriage equality and I found, I found it really gross that I had been raised in a, I guess, a set up and structure that – told me that people I cared about were different to me and Mm -hmm. I I found that really uncomfortable. Um, But at the same time, I'm quite spiritual and I do, I guess, go back to that of learning an understanding of prayer. Mm -hmm. And so even though I meditate and it's very different, there is something, I suppose, nice about that we were taught to kind of talk to someone else, mm. that there is something a bit bigger than us. So I have started to appreciate that a little bit more, but I'm not a religious person, no. Mm. It's but awareness beyond yourself. I, I think it yeah. is training to do and a lot of the practices are something that you need to show up and do. So there's a consistency that it sort of breeds in people. And mm. I don't, and it's, it's mm. a version of self-care, I think, for lots of people, which I'm a massive advocate for, but... Um, I don't like the the man-made rule of it. Like mm. I think it is so particularly individual and that's exactly what m- I find a lot of my work now is about is that I've got an idea of what works for me. I'm going to share that with you but it's your job to go find out what works for you. Mm. And I think we all have these inner, inner kind of magic sockets inside of us that we just want someone else to tell us what theirs is and go follow theirs but actually we all have it within us that's very much dependent on how that comes out, how we have that communication with ourselves and and activating an inner dialogue that might be about something that's not here or it might just be a conversation with yourself. Mm. Do you think that that creates more empathy from your end? For people? No, yeah, I think because if having been in that, you know, seeing the spectrum of people who are non-believers to believers and everywhere in between, not being a believer isn't... uh, negative thing no. it's a it's someone's perspective it's the it's the way that they've seen their 100 percent. it's like everything we all have mm. a right we all come to the table today with our experiences and with 
with the way we were raised and mm-hmm. with what we ha- what happened three hours ago in our mm-hmm. day. I think that's what makes humans kind of amazing, to mm-hmm. be honest. But I think self-care in particular for me when I started thinking about doing the new show and thinking about launching into coaching and doing things like that, I was really hesitant because it has become a little bit elitist and it can become a little bit uh, preachy and, and there are extremes, which there are of everything. Um, and that's certainly not my style. My style's kind of everybody is invited. And it has yeah. always been like that with any project I've done. It's even though I did a very girl-oriented project, dudes mm-hmm. were always invited to that conversation mm-hmm. too. Um, Josh and I had a great chat last night about, I wish we recorded it, but it was around delusion and a healthy, very Buddhist. healthy dose of delusion in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Or a sense of that we're actually working this out. This is going to be the thing. Which yeah. could be seen from the outside as delusion. Yeah. From the inside, it's actual clarity. And we're having a, a good laugh. We're a having bit a very good laugh. Ego too. Yeah, oh, we're laughing hard at how much delusion we have <laughs> yeah. in regards to like what your you, plans are. Do yeah, you know? I, I just, just our vision, what we want to do, what we think will happen, where yeah. we think we'll be. But why is it a delusion? Well, no, what I said was Josh and I were speaking, and he was saying some things, and I was like, "Is there a chance this is delusion?" Like it was yeah. a removing yeah. from the moment. Not but saying people would have you're thought fucking that. deluded, but people would have thought that. You would have had a thought maybe about that when I was in Shepherd and thinking my next job after this teeny little country town job was going to be a national show based in Sydney. You would have thought that? I think a lot of people would have thought that that was a deluded thought. Yeah, I was thinking about myself. <laughs> Weren't we well, all? Maybe we're, well, maybe that's why we get along because <laughs> we allow ourselves to be open to those opportunities. But I think a lot of – I know my family did for yeah. sure. Then yep. So what we kind of established was that the delusions are okay. It's mm. not a negative thing. Yeah, a, a delusion isn't a blur. A delusion is a different lens, and for us, it's sort of crystal clear in what we're doing. But we identify the fact that not everyone else can see what we're seeing, and it might be completely wrong. It might not even exist. But what's the know. difference from the person that succeeds and has that same thinking? Well, I don't think it's doesn't. a delusion for you. I think it's you're aware that it is a delusion for others. Yes. It's our reality. It feels like our reality. But it is but and yeah. it is your reality. Mm. And so – and that's why we can't put all of our crap onto other people, mm. you know, because you're allowed to have your reality. That's mm. your – that's actually what you are entitled yeah. to is to have your own running of your own reality and how you – you have to be very careful with how you orchestrate yeah. that because yeah. that will 100% come back to uh, give you the path to your life. So if your reality is that you're an asshole mm-hmm. a lot of the time but you're very comfortable with that because that's your reality, then you watch your life unfold. It's not all going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I'm saying it works as simply as that but I do believe that that reality thing is is important to keep focused on because if it's someone else's delusions, then that's their reality, not mm. yours. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, I think the sense or the conversation around delusion come came from uh, a feeling or a sense from someone else in my life that I felt like there was some judgment or totally. or projection of what they're doing. Their delusion. Yeah. And mm. so it's like you caught the delusion, but yeah. it's not yours. It's a delusion for them. Yeah. It's not a delusion for you. Do we have a joint opinion. reality, do you think? Like what is the joint reality? I think sadly probably not. Mm. And I think we need that a bit more. And if we all agreed on particular virtues or something that we had which is why sometimes I think religion can work because people try and live by Mm. a particular ruling system I don't like that it's mostly made by freaky men but Mm. like one particular (laughs) that I'm thinking of and that I have been most associated with but um, yeah I don't know if we do I think it is quite different and it's becoming 
more and more our own lane as mm. time goes on, which is, yeah, I think maybe it used to be a little bit more combined. I don't yeah. feel like it is. As someone who's quite independent, you've obviously had some, you know, you've, you've got uh, Ben now, you've had relationships throughout your whole life with all the, all the radio stuff, with Christy through Thinker Girls. What have you learnt about yourself through the big changes in the last couple of years? I've learned so much. Um, last year, the last 12 months has been incredible. Uh, well, I'll start with Ben. I think for him, for, for what I've learned from him was that I had an idea of what vulnerability meant and then I had to just completely let that go because my, my idea of vulnerability and then the vulnerability you, you really do need to show in a relationship is just so completely different. So mm. you think, for me, I've written a lot and I'm writing a book about, you know, being single and, and that kind of process and, and working on yourself in that time. So when I got, when I met Ben, it was very much a, oh, yes, he's here, this mm. is great. Not that I put the tools down, but I definitely didn't think I'll be picking them up so quickly. Yeah. And I had to pick them back up because not only was he a person that was that provided me with such love that al- allowed me to feel safe to be vulnerable. I then had to be vulnerable in it. It's an action. Mm-hmm. So I learned that those things very much so are actions. They're not things that you acquire. There's not, they're not things you're entitled to. Courage, vulnerability are a couple that come to mind that you actually have to do as an action. And I, yeah, I had to learn how to do that in a romantic mm-hmm. sense. What's a habit of vulnerability? Because like, I guess that's the thing. It's like you can say I'm being vulnerable right now or like – talking about it but what's an actual habit do you think that you have that helps you be vulnerable now that i've learned um like is me talking about quitting porn being vulnerable or i'm just no i don't think it is and i think i thought that was for a period of time particularly as a broadcaster who pushed the buttons a bit Mm. i had it it, i was told constantly i'm quite a vulnerable person Mm. and i didn't know vulnerability until i fell in love with a person that i really really felt safe with and that was amazing but then it was like i have this really open safe space to play in i have to show i have to walk in Mm. And you don't realise that that has to be an action, that has to be a step. You need to walk towards someone. He was a bit the same. We'd both lived very independent lives, as you mm. pointed out. We both kind of had parents that had, you know, family units had fallen apart quite early and single mums at home. So we kind of, you know, you raise yourself, you become very independent. So to be able to showcase that to each other was hard work. And so I suppose what I do, meditate allows me to stay strong soft because I think sometimes I can get into that real inner masculine which is is great for me for work and other parts but for my relationship I have to work hard at making sure I come from a softer place not just for him but for myself to Mm. be able to access exactly what I deserve to receive from him which is love and care and support in a way that really truly supports me not in a way that tells me email this person do that yeah awesome job babe like mm. i need a hug i need mm-hmm. to make love i need to connect so meditation as a daily ritual helps me kind of make sure that i stay in that grounded rather than like i did when i was on radio very high 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 above mm. the ground a bit so i guess that's something that i it sounds simple and it, mm. we're, we're really talking about it a lot but it really does – I know my energy is a little bit different when so I'm doing that regularly and I, and I try and do it every day. Is that high bit, is, that, is the difference anxiety that comes out in B, 
being antagonistic or strong or like hard-headed or like what's the actual what is that energy that's being released through the meditation do you think um i think just stillness of reminding you who you actually are and not Mm -hmm. what your bravado is because inside i'm pretty sensitive Mm -hmm. um i'm a big girly girl like and i am very kind Mm -hmm. and it's easy to get very swept up in the world and and the show and the you know particularly also with what i do and and i'm and i like to talk and i like to present i like to do all of those things and i've got a bit of a mission with the things that i do but last year I didn't have the energy to have that mission. I was forced mm. to sit in, you know, lots of job changes, loss of a, a bub, you know, lots of times where I didn't have the energy. Mm. So I'd learnt what it was like to start from that root, start from that real kind of, I guess, grounded space. And I found out I didn't want to leave it because it mm. when I showed myself to Ben and he was able to kind of – I was respectful of him, he cherished me, we really sang. So yeah. – um, yeah, did that answer your yeah, question? Yeah. So, but, yeah. so if someone was to try and be vulnerable, is it something that is, do you think, and it, something that will shift internally and not be, which could be the action to get to that could be vocalising something. I think the quitting porn thing is like mm-hmm. me doing that is probably me being more vulnerable to myself than talking about the yeah, fucking I think virtuing that I right. did that thing. Yeah. And so but how do you decide, like what's that – I mean, with with a partner, it's quite clear the vulnerable vulnerabilities are between you two. You are the person that's directly affected if you don't mm-hmm. step forward into that mm-hmm. vulnerability. But like, what's the what do you think uh, is something that someone could take and practice vulnerability? Because is there a difference between honesty and vulnerability? I think so. You can be honest and and not be sitting in. A space because you you know sometimes not being honest or not being dishonest but not saying anything is more vulnerable for you to protect someone else you know what mm-hmm. I mean so I don't know if honesty and I think again going back to that the kind of work that I did in the past honesty you know that was very linked with vulnerability yeah. you're very vulnerable look how honest you are mm. it was like yeah, I feel pretty comfortable in that space mm. so I think the first step is knowing when you're a bit uncomfortable because vulnerability often doesn't come in a comfy place mm. you know you've got to find that space that is pushing yourself where you don't feel comfy mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, what I would say would be a good gauge of where that is. And how do you access that? I do, I meditate, people walk because it kind of grounds you. I think anything that you find grounds you is going to, I suppose, start to allow you to get out of your head a bit and just kind of start to have the real conversation with yourself because a lot of people don't realise that your thoughts are not you. There's another gut feeling or there's another kind of the thing that backs you when your thoughts are not or the the thing that makes you kind of feel like you are in the right place, like having an absolute laughing attack with your mate or, you know, watching a movie with your mum, whatever it is, like, or, you know, watching Netflix. There's like a feeling of home that is you. Your thoughts are not you. So once you do anything that allows you to kind of get out of that headspace and sit a little bit more back into that person – then I feel like vulnerability is much easier to come through. Well, it's dropping the thoughts. I mean, I'm, I'm on to day 32, Sam Harris app. Oh, that's so w- good. Waking up. And it's this understanding of thoughts are happening within consciousness. Mm-hmm. But there is something back from those thoughts. And I think the identifying with your thoughts and sort of that being in your head is the <laughs> – 
is why the essence of meditation is so um, beneficial. It's like we're not here. We're not in the head. We're not behind the eyes. It spreads out and the thoughts are just a part of that conscious consciousness that what we They're experience. They're what your brain's there to do to protect you essentially. Yeah. But I mean that I created a find your intuition worksheet. It's cheap as chips. You download it and it gives you this, the steps that I actually do. Might mm-hmm. not work for you. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. But I had felt so passionate about this because I feel like people kind of looking for ways. But the other resource I would recommend is that isn't so much about meditation. If you're kind of unsure about what it all means and you're a person that needs to understand before you just dive in, uh, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer is the greatest book, I think one of the greatest books I've ever mm. read. And it is a, it's just such a simple, interesting way to explain the difference between our thoughts and who we are. Yeah. Mm. And it just sums it up. And if you're an overthinker, you're somebody that lives in your mind, read the book. It, mm. will, it will change the way that you understand how we're built and, and better, hopefully better help you kind of move forward with that knowledge. Yeah. I think it's in uh, Mr. 97's job description. To show, show the vul- no, the vulnerability uh, essence of what you said vulnerability is, yeah. of him showing up each day. It's like he has been someone who's pushed himself, hasn't felt comfortable. But even before you like look at him stepping back, it's yeah. like he rocks in. So the action of coming here is his version of vulnerability, I mm. think. Is, is that, that true? That's true? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty uncomfortable. I mean, like, yeah, the guys push me to do stuff that I'm a bit uncomfortable doing, but it's good. Mm. It just and you, so, it, so it, can you explain what it feels like? So it's kind of like this, because that's the thing. Like when I say you, vulnerability should be in discomfort, it's not the same feeling as discomfort when you've got uncomfortable shoes on. Yeah. It does feel good for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, like you, like you in instinctively know that that it's really good for you and that you're pushing your boundaries. But it's like, yeah, you just, I mean, you've got an elevated heart rate and you're just like a bit stressed and got a bit of anxiety. But you know that there's something good. I love yeah. that. He went That's on a date. So good. He went on a date for the first time, and his the week that it was happening, he said, "This week, I've my heart rate's been above a hundred every second <laughs> the, whole, wow. the whole week." Whole and he's day, a fit guy. Week. And he's fit. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know that you got a Fitbit or something? <laughs> no, like that? I, was, I was just routinely checking. <laughs> oh, he's actually <laughs> manually checking. You're taking your own pulse. Yeah, Jeez. It's yeah, so it's um, I thought we could finish with a because you've got single Pringle, and I thought uh, we've got a single Pringle in the audience. Other in the audience. <laughs> One guy sitting in the near the I like to pretend we have an audience. <laughs> <laughs> Let him do what he wants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a young bloke. He's in the dating scene. First date, 19. What do you think? Girl, guys, girl. Girl. Yeah. Um, what do I think? What should yeah. he – what's the question? Well, ask him one because um, you're okay, the love so coach. Okay, so you went to – well, it depends if people want to be love no, coach. well, definitely. <laughs> um, so you went, on, definitely, yeah. you went on a date and yeah. – so how'd you feel? He's yeah. been on two. He's been, been on two. Yeah, I've been on two dates. Yeah. With yeah. the same person? No, different people. Okay. And you're dating because? Uh, well, we did get thrown into it by Tommy and Josh, but yeah. I think it's it was it was something that I probably never – I'd never experienced before. And so, yeah, just having that under my belt and being able to interact with people uh, or, or interact with girls and know um, – yeah, I guess know how to talk to them um, – and just be honest with them was something that I needed to learn. It's so interesting because I think, I think everybody thinks that dating is because you're looking for someone. And whilst mm. I think there's a lot of people 
that do hope to be with someone at some stage of their life. I think the one of the most important things, particularly at your age, can't believe I'm old enough to say that, um, <laughs> is that you don't have to date to mm. be in a relationship. That I find some of the best dates I've been on have allowed me to go home and work out what my values are, what I need, mm. who I am from them. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really mm. missed is that we should be allowed to do dating and exploit it and manipulate those apps and do whatever we want mm. that works for where we're at at that point. Yeah. And I really think a lot of guys maybe naturally do that. Some guys do. I think girls really struggle because they kind of think, yeah. oh, my God, I need to be so upfront. I don't really – you know, and also I think chicks really struggle with saying I don't want to – be with anyone right now it's like that means a lot more if you're a woman Mm. um but i think that that it sounds like it would be a good idea for you to continue dating to get to Mm. know a bit of a picture or a bit of a and i hate i I always choose values over type so try to not think of a type try to think of values so do you like kind do you like funny Mm. think of values that you are that you could then want match. So if you're a kind person, you wouldn't want someone to not be kind and start from there. So then you start to have a bit of a shape of what you might be looking for one day and don't take them seriously where they have to then end up in something. Use Mm. it for your own resource um, and have fun, I guess, is the important thing. That that is amazing. I don't normally let Tommy uh, touch the the boards. No, it's great. We actually hadn't. I just pulled that out of my ass. (laughs) No, but the self-development that comes from it. It's what yeah. like, I mean, Josh just fast tracked it and found the first one. Yeah, boom, it's nice and easy. But and you um, need it out. You need to just pull the bandaid yeah, off, don't you? Every, yeah, everyone's different, but yeah, mm. definitely development. Yeah, for sure. In self from dating, so mm. you're on the right track, mate. Mm. I reckon. So proud of you. What a catch! <laughs> Let me yeah. know when you're thinking, because I got plenty of single ladies <laughs> that are following my stuff. The problem is he's got a real tight. No, I'm joking. But single Pringles built built on, and their workshops and stuff online. There's an Instagram account to kind be more focused on self-help than on meeting someone so Mm. essentially if you work on yourself and get to know yourself then in turn you that might take you to meet someone but that's kind of not the intention Mm. but I felt like underlyingly it was a little bit for me but Mm. that was kind of not the focus and that's not the focus of the stuff that I do. How do you reconcile changing in your life like when you come out the other side with uh, a new learning how does that affect how you interact with people? How does oh, I resist the shit out of it. Mm. I've got to be honest. Like, you know, I, I talk about all this stuff and I get there, but I've resisted it for a mm-hmm. long time. I, I've always struggled with change. Mm. I'm working really hard on it and it's nice being married, I've got to say, because mm-hmm. you've got a bit of a mm. cheerleader with you and we're learning about each other and what we need through that. So mm. that's been really nice. But, um, yeah, I, I resist it first mm-hmm. and then – I go through a bit of a process where I have to do a big letting go and I, I very much over the past 12 months I've had to practice surrendering. Mm. So it, I think there's a saying um, if you're feeling the weight on your shoulders you haven't surrendered enough. Like you shouldn't really be carrying around stuff that you can't control. Yeah. So if you are overthinking it or you are carrying it on your shoulders, surrender some more, surrender some more. You have to keep surrendering until it gets to a point where you truly accept the reality of most things in our life and that is that we do not get to control the timing and a lot of the time the outcome. How do you deal with uh, judgment? So the idea that in your mind that something that you've done or a move that you've made would make people think a certain way. Do you feel 
uh, a responsibility to explain yourself or is that part of that weight that you need to let go? It's the letting go. And I think when you do so much self-work, I, that's, I, I don't know if it's the self-work or it's actually just who I am, but I've never really – I have my moments mm-hmm. and over the past 12 months they've definitely irked up. I've done a, a lot of big change in my, you know, my direction, so they have crept up. But very rarely am I that worried about what other people think. Yeah. I've always had that on my side. I can I, back that up. Yeah, I just don't – it's not that I don't care. I, I have people that I care about, that yeah. I trust, that I get to know. Like I would care about what both of your opinions are about mm-hmm. some things, particular mm-hmm. things, and there's other things I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Like I get to know who that person is and I get to say, okay, mm-hmm. I respect you in here, I agree with you here, and I, I, I would like your opinion on that. But then there's some stuff that I don't. We're not all experts on everyone else's yeah. life. Mm-hmm. If we feel like we've done something internally wrong, do you feel that it needs to be – because I, I guess that's what I'm trying to wa- wonder. If we actually reconcile and we've made a change and we're like, actually, this thing that I've done here I don't agree with or I've said this thing that I'm actually not really aligned with now, do you think where – is, where is the room to say, hey – I'm actually wrong. Like I'm judging myself on this thing yeah. that I did. Yeah. And so there's no wonder that you're going to be judging on um, judging um, me as well. I think I choose really carefully depending on my relationship. Mm. So it's like I I make sure that the people that I am showing up to and apologizing or owning my stuff are worth it. Mm-hmm. And I think you know we really need to make sure that the relationships we have in our lives life are the ones that you can be that person too. Mm. Um, and if you don't have that relationship, I also don't necessarily think that everybody deserves that level of vulnerability too. Mm. So I don't think you need to walk around being vulnerable to everybody all the time. That's a precious That's precious cargo. Mm. You need to put that in the, in the hands of safety. And if you don't feel like they're being vulnerable back or they're being worthy back for you to showcase that part of yourself, then... I don't know if you necessarily have to do it all the time. So it's trying to ke- make sure that those relationships that you yeah. have are ones worthy of those ki- that kind of behaviour sure. and that kind of showing yourself. Mm. And then there's the – I mean, it's such a tricky one because the noise that we hear externally from our actions – I mean, you can look at internally and go, is this sitting well within my values? Because then it'll probably feel good if it is. Mm. And if it's out, it'll, you know, you'll probably get a sense if people are reacting. But sometimes if it's sitting in your values and other people are projecting theirs, it's like when it, the delusion it, sets in. But it's up to them to tell that to you and yeah. it's up to you to raise it with them even if it might not worry them. Because mm. if we all go in with our own, our own thermometer, we all kind of check in with ourselves, then you can just kind of trust that they're going to own their crap, you're going to own your crap and life goes along a little bit, e- mm. a little easier. So... It might, I might say to a mate, I'm so sorry I, you know, this, this and this. And they might say, oh, shit, I didn't even think yeah. about it. But that was my radar and I wanted yeah. to make sure they knew I was sorry. Not to make me feel better but to be accountable to myself. And if that same friend was accountable to themselves, then I can trust that they're always going to show up the best way they can and if not they're going to own their shit back. So that's why it's, I think, super important to look at the people in your life and make sure that they're matching that with you because – that's why I think sometimes, particularly friendships, it can feel a bit uneven, mm. and then you're left just kind of analysing it yeah. all the time. What about audience? What's our rela- what's what's the responsibility with 
having an audience and when those things change say with the the change with thinker girls how much did you feel mm. that you need you had a responsibility to the audience to communicate and to be honest about hey we're just we're deciding to go our separate ways well i think we were pretty honest pretty quickly after we made that final decision but at the same time i can only speak on my behalf but i um i don't really feel like i owe that much to people that i'd given my life and my learnings to for yeah. six or seven years. I love and respect them and am incredibly grateful for the support that I've had and the real diehards that really backed us when no one did. You mm. know, there's love there. But at the same time, I did a good job there yeah. and I'm very confident in that. Mm. And and I and I did probably overextend myself for a lot of situations. I'm on DMs counselling people <laughs> Air, daily, yeah. you know what I mean? So there was a few times where people would message me quite abruptly and rudely and say, I have a right to know. Yeah. Why aren't you guys doing the show? And I'm like, you don't have a right to know. Yeah. I do enough here. Yeah. And so kind of having, knowing your, you know, your offering and when you over offer or you give a lot, no one had to pay anything for those shows mm. and you pay for Netflix, you pay yeah, yeah. for other things. I kind of was also like, you know, we'll, we'll do our best, but I know also we've given and what I've given. Yeah. It's hard to create something without having that sort of buy. Like I mean, what we're creating is, you know, we want essentially want people to have buy-in yeah. on our lives and what we're doing and our, you know, our vision. And I guess that's we, as a listener, I would feel like, not that there's a right, but you kind of feel like, ah, I've given you what I, you know, I've given but you my time. it's always an exchange. Yeah. It's always got to be an exchange. There's two, there's people. So mm. there might be a lot of those people. There might be less of, you know, me um, and us. And, but it's an exchange and I feel like we've had a pretty good one. Yeah. You know, so I don't think you need to overexert yourself. When you feel like they've given you something, you've given them something back, then, you know, it kind of works out in the wash. Mm. I think it, the, the piece you've got with it is is much more beneficial for moving forward and yeah. understanding that you, you gave it your best. Yeah, because the I guess because Tommy brings up a lot. I make a lot of promises on the show. Oh right, yeah. And <laughs> he gets slightly upset that like I think it's a value set for me. Mm. Is why it really does it all. My thing is, I'm like, but it's that's a, bit a value of thing for you. Yeah, yeah. But and I so, think, I, and so my thing is, like, I I keep my promises, but when it's content promises, like sometimes <laughs> there's varying levels of a promise, right? And so I think that it it is interesting where I think that uh, that would be the moving like you know in ten years time when the daily talk show you know decides to finish up or whenever it is that. Uh, those promises I could imagine weighing on you, Tommy, in a big way where it's like, how do we – this doesn't seem like there's a clean way I used to be like that when we were on Kiss a bit. Like I yeah. used to be like, we said we were going to do this break today. Like we have to do it today. Like I was yeah. a little bit full on with that. And then it kind of dawned on me that it was like no one gives a shit. <laughs> no one gives – no one remembered. Mm, yeah. People it's were just delusion, doing their TJ. thing. Yeah, maybe. Well, I think, again, it was my stuff. I wanted to do that. Mm. It yeah. wasn't, and I was putting it that it was the for the audience, but yeah. it was for myself. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's the same deal. If you want to do it for yourself, then yeah. great, but be realistic and honest about what it actually is about. Well, it's hard to go between. I mean, that's the conversation, Josh. What's mm. content? What is real life? Yeah. 
And so if you were, if there's a, a true distinction in your mind between which there is, and, and, and that's content, the friction that you and I always have is because which is hard. It's like when know. are you because you do content in life. Yeah, and it and frustrates everyone. You do life, and I think it's content. And well, so you're I'll like, you're confused. Yeah, my mum will still message me saying, oh, have a nice weekend. I'm like, it was three weeks ago, mum. <laughs> you know, it's confusing, yeah. especially for mums. Well, I, <laughs> no, I think that, yeah, the, the, the content thing, have you, you are a content mind, Stacey, I think that's fair to say. That's something you're always thinking about. Have you worked out what uh, isn't for content? Have you had to make a clear distinction? I just put myself first. Yeah. So I always put myself first. If there's, you know, I I remember there was a few times where I would watch different shows or radio shows in particular where the buzzword was show yourself, you know, be Mm -hmm. yourself. And then you'd see people crying about how they were depressed in this and you could just see in their energy they weren't ready to share, you know. So I think it's actually our service as anyone that has a microphone to make sure that you're checking in with yourself first because I don't think it actually helps anyone. No one gets entertainment, no one gets help from it Mm. if you're coming from a bit of a – I haven't really followed that through and dealt with it myself. Mm -hmm. So not only for myself, but I think also for my audience, it's really important that, you know, and I've watched this with trying for a baby and, and really um, sharing that on my Instagram. I've watched that a bit because it's very much, I want to tell the story of the, in the middle. I haven't Mm -hmm. got a lot of information around the before it's all before or after you don't get many things of people trying because there's a, you know, a big elephant in the room that's like, it might not work. So people don't want to put content out. On the flip side of that, I wish I had that. So I have tried to share, but that's been the closest line I've had where I've had to a few times. I've I've filmed all vlogs ready to kind of put on a YouTube channel for my first, my pregnancy last year. They haven't gone up, Mm -hmm. you know, so... And I know I want to help people, but i got to watch that for myself first. So that's where I kind of draw the line. But my content is my life. So the only way I can really, I guess, manage that is making sure that I've got my own back first. I've got my people that love me first. I check in with, you know, my husband, obviously, with everything. A lot of our fertility story is his story. So those things. And then um, if you're comfy and it's right and it feels good, then you share. It might not always feel great, but as long as you're kind of coming from a – healthy-ish place yeah, with yeah. it, I think, is how I how I manage that. Mm-hmm. Check-in, self-check-in, mm. love it. Mm. It all comes back to that, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, next time you're in Melbourne, obviously the first stop is always the Daily yeah. Talk Show. Well, it was. Yeah. It's I actually mean, why you come it's here. It flew. Yeah, <laughs> flew down. Jetstar? I'm, seeing, I'm sniffing or? Melbourne back as my hometown. I, really? What does Benny think? I don't know. It's a big conversation, isn't it? Mm. But it's... Um, <laughs> Let's have it here. I think, <laughs> it, I think it'd fit in well. Yeah, he's a Melbourne dude. Yeah, he's isn't got he? a Melbourne vibe. We'll yeah. see, we'll see. As long, you know, hopefully you're married for a while. It's an easy <laughs> city got, to live. You've got an option for, Mel- you know, in the future. Melbourne is so easy to live. Like, it's compared to cold. Sydney, it's freezing, but it's 29 today. So. It's beautiful oh. today. So, which yeah, is why I'm lucky. walking around with my weird rose colored glasses on, which yeah, I'll actually, put on to finish off yeah, the we've, show. We've done a good job of um, keeping the room cool because I thought it was cold out. So, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, the Stacey June show, if people want to um, subscribe, it's a new channel from the Thinker Girls, so you've got to actively go yes, and click sub- yep. subscribe mm-hmm. on yeah, it. Because that's fucking – it's yeah. hard work. Literally, I was <laughs> I was watching a, a video the other day of a podcaster talking about it, starting a new channel, like having people to subscribe. Yeah. It's like starting from the beginning. So. It is a little bit, and I think it's really important for listeners to know that um, – a subscribe does a lot more than a listen mm-hmm. for a lot of us. So I think um, the charts are all built on subscription a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as you might like a show from here and there, if there is a show that you're loving like this one or you mm-hmm. hear the Stacey June show, you listen to one and you like it, please subscribe because it does help us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well done. It's, uh, I'm, I'm actually so guilty of not subscribing. Yeah, I, a lot of people are. Just, though, I'm just I dumb. I'm just searching to get. I don't think people know. Yeah. I know that it actually really helps the podcaster yeah. if you back their their show as yeah. opposed to just giving them. And the listens is great and we're appreciative mm. of that, but we're all trying to make a bit of a mark. So yeah. that, that does help yeah. if you have a show that you love. Subscribe, please. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Stacey thanks, June. Stacey June. The Daily Talk Show. Send us your emails. Hi at thedailytalkshow.com. Uh, we've, had, we've had so many guests on. Haven't we? Thanks had for the um, Mohawk thing. Yeah, we've, yeah, had, no we've had like, a, but the plan isn't to have a guest every single day. No, you're right. It just so happens that we've, I think this week. I mean, busy guys. Had, Good yeah, guests. Yeah, yeah, we're so, pretty busy. But, it, but we it's will great. be having probably two, two or three shows a week. That's just Tommy and I as well, because social people anxiety. Aren't into people like me. No social anxiety. It's <laughs> draining. I can't, it's draining. I can't, it is. I can't do it. it when is. people, I used to be like, everyone has to come in the studio, and then yeah. after a while, I was like. Can they do it on the ICM? <laughs> <laughs> on the phone? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a daily talk show, everyone. Uh, we'll Catch see you Monday, Monday guys. Bye. Guys. Bye. Thank Bye. You.